Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with me, your host, Stephen Wallace. Today's show features the second of our World Cup roundups, this time with a player who was at the heart of the action for the Netherlands, Paul van Makeren. Anyone who joined the Men's World Cup in India must have loved watching the team in orange. Their passion, commitment and skill. The underdogs who punched above their weight to qualify for the global event and then when beating two test-playing nations. Enjoy an hour-long cricket feast with Paul, inspiring the next generation in the Netherlands. On today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by a member of the Orange Army, Netherlands bowler Paul van Makeren. How are you, Paul? I'm very good, thank you. Well, thanks for being part of the paddock and the pavilion. You spoke to me back in January in episode 176 when we were just, you just finished the T20 World Cup and now we've just finished the the 50 over World Cup. Uh, you must be tired after nearly seven weeks, or probably has been seven weeks for you, traveling around and playing cricket in India. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually eight weeks because uh, we had a quite a long prep before the World Cup started. So we had a bit of extra time in India, but um, um, I I thought it was going to be a lot tougher physically than it was in the end. So um, uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's put it that way. It was the last the last week was quite tough. Um, more the mental drainage, I guess, than than the physical side of things. But yeah, I've I've been I've been back now just over a week. And uh, I'm actually, I kind of ready to go again. Ready to go again. It must have been intense though, playing in in India. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's the level that makes it really intense. Obviously, uh, playing for the for the Dutch team, you don't get to play against these big teams day in and day out. So, um, playing against sort of those top top ten or top eight ranked teams in the world, it, mentally it takes a lot more and and. That's no disrespect to playing against other associate teams, but um, th- those bigger teams just 
punish punish the bat ball even even more than they do sort of at, at at the level below. So sort of you have to be on it every single ball, and you can't just run in and let go. It's it's the 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 planning of uh, per batsman and stuff. Where I think the level below, it's um, uh, in my experience, we we haven't had the detailed planning, the the the, the hour to an hour and a half team meetings before the games because we're playing against players that we haven't really played against. So uh, all those kind of things made it from a mental side of things a lot a lot more draining uh, inside and outside the game, I guess. So that that was sort of the biggest challenge, I guess, of all of it. What about the travelling, and and what do you what do does a World Cup uh, cricketer do in between games apart from the odd massage? Uh, <laughs> part of the many odd massages. Um, we we had a, a few days where we played a bit of golf. Um, we, uh, I mean, as far as day days off go, it's it, it was sort of uh, you you play a game. Uh, the next day will be pretty much a travel day. Uh, which is fantastic. Like the organization of that is is brilliant. Um, we leave our backs outside our room the, the evening before, um, and then we don't see the backs till we get to the next hotel, and it's in front of your door pretty much a few hours after arriving. And then you get in a bus. You know, India could be quite famous for its traffic, but you know we've got police escorts. So yeah, like a hot knife through butter, we. We slide through the the cities of India, which is quite nice. You get to the airport, and it's all sort of almost cordoned off. So we walk straight to the to the uh, sort of your hand luggage check uh, through that straight to the gate. Plane is waiting in it, and we got sort of chartered flights. So I mean, our travel party was about thirty, and then at times maybe forty, including partners or family or board members. And, and you know, you've got one of those. Uh, European planes, I guess, European flight planes, so the the medium flight plane, so what is that, 120-seater or whatever it is, uh, for the 40 of of you. So you got your own row. Um, so it, it's pretty relaxed. It, it, like it's, There were one or two moments where it was quite a long day, but it isn't stressful. Everything is organized for you. You just pretty much follow the leader and, and you get to the next place. So... Um, I, that was sort of one of my worries, I guess, traveling and going from city to city that, you know, a lot of times at the airport, waiting around, uh, carrying your bags and all that kind of stuff. But that was all organized. So that was actually quite effortless and, and really nice. Yeah, you always wonder about fast bowlers, tall fast bowlers. You're picking up back niggles and things like that with all this traveling. But that was OK. Yeah, like sitting for me is not ideal. Uh, I mean, I've I've been playing... For, for last ten years, at uh, sort of at the international level, I've been in, in the county cricket scene. Um, sitting for me or lo- sitting for long periods of time is probably the worst for for my back. So I tend to just lay down in between the seats um, in the pathway in the bus, <laughs> and uh, when I, when I'm feeling a bit stiff, and then in the plane I've got my own row, so, so you you walk a bit up and down the aisle and and lay on the three seats that you have available for yourself. Playing-wise, before we talk about the World Cup, I just wanted to briefly mention how the Netherlands qualified for the World World Cup because you weren't part of that and they did exceptionally well to to qualify, you know, beating Scotland, Ireland, the West Indies in their group to actually get to that stage of playing in the top 10. Yeah, I think um, I think even if you were at full strength, a lot of... 
uh, I guess, international cricket media wouldn't have given us a chance of qualifying. And then, obviously, because of the timing of the tournament being in the middle of the UK summer and even in the middle of the T20 blast block, you know, there weren't many guys who played a cricket. And we've got seven or eight guys here in county cricket who just couldn't make themselves available for the Dutch team at, at the time. So going pretty much in with Bastelet, who plays for Durham, and Logan van Blake, who plays for Wellington in, in New Zealand. Other than that, the whole squad are guys who are, you know, play their cricket in the top class, which is the highest sort of amateur league in, in, in the Netherlands, uh, which is like your your Weppel cricket league uh, here in the in the southwest or, you know, your, your Premier Leagues around uh, the UK. Um, so to go with a team like that, who you know, who, who definitely don't play uh, day in day out at, at at a high level like our, our the guys who play county cricket, but then what they what they achieved, and especially chasing three hundred and seventy four against the West Indies, is is something as uh, in, which I'm incredibly proud of uh, when you look at our betting unit because I think you know and uh, the fact is that it's probably not our strongest suit the betting because you know you. Our betters don't face the quality bowlers day in day out. What you do at the highest level, so for them to chase down a huge total like three seven four, I think at at one stage quite early on the the required run rate was up at ten and over, just to show the guys were so composed and so calm, and the way they chased that total down was, you know, it almost looked like an Indian or an England batting lineup the way they did it, which was fantastic to see. This was in England batting on it before the World Cup, not during World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The England we know, I, 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 I would, I would say, not the England that we saw uh, at the World Cup. And then you're in that particular game. You're talking about against the West Indies. We had this, I think, uh, sort of uh, cricket in statistic that no one really talks about that much, but should do more with this super over where Logan Van Beek scores. Was it thirty in the super over? Yeah. It's quite funny because Logan was on strike of sort of the last ball of the regular game. And I think we needed one or two runs to win. So I think Logan kind of had it in his mind. If I get out now, I get to face the super over. And uh, so maybe I don't, I don't think Logan did it, but like um, <laughs> it would have been uh, quite special. It was, it was a special moment, I guess, you know, Logan, Logan not finishing the game off. In, in regular time and then and then what it, the, sort of being the superman that he is um uh, and you know uh, there's so many people i can talk about in the in in the in the team but logan is just one of those fighters uh that just doesn't give up puts you know 110% i mean we had a the sickness going through the camp and and I'm, I'm not saying he was at his worst but he was still pretty sick and he came out against england and you know running and ball um, and and that kind of sums it up. So when you know when the chips are down, I guess uh, Logan just keeps fighting. So qualifying for the World Cup, top ten teams in the world. What were the Netherlands' hopes going into the tournament? <laughs> I need to be very. I don't need to be careful what I'm saying. Um, so obviously, the, the, from from the the coach and captain point of view. There was like talk straight away. We're going for a semi-final spot, which you know I read it. I was like, oh, uh, you know. Uh, I said, I said in in a few interviews that I did, if we can win one or two games, 
and and spoil a few parties, then uh, that's something amazing. And and again, I, I like. I think uh, there were a few podcasts going around when we were in India, or a few news articles, and and no one, what I read and heard, gave us a chance of winning a game. It was almost like the Dutch are going. Uh, there's two points up for grabs for any other team. So if you had a rough couple of games and, and you come against the Netherlands, that will be a good confidence booster. Two points, two points coming up, and and it might restart your or kickstart your World Cup campaign. And I think. Um, the, the belief within the group was definitely that we're not going to be a pushover and a walkover. Um, did I think at the start of the World Cup that we could win four or five games to make a semi-final? No. Did I believe in that we could make a semi-final after our first games against Pakistan? 100%. Uh, I think that the first 12 or 15 over against Pakistan and a little bit later on, and I know we're not talking about it just yet, showed that we can compete at the highest level. It showed that we can put teams in trouble, uh, that we could cause a lot of panic in the changing room. And and I think, you know, looking back at it, when the when the coach said, you know, we can make a semi-final here, I 100% believe now we actually could. And preparations, you had one warm-up game before the tournament started against Australia? Yeah, well, we... We played two. We we had a, a prep camp in in just outside Bangalore, um, and we played I think two games against the state team there. We lost both. Uh, I think in one game we were um, probably about ten for seven. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I think I walked in with. At at eleven with a score of like seventeen or twenty on the board, can't remember the details, but it was remarkable. And that was our first warm up game. We bought them out for like two hundred ish. We were quite confident, and and the ball was just swinging and seeming around a bit, and we just lost wicket after wicket after wicket. And then a few days later, we played them again, and and we got a good score on the board, flat wicket, and they chased it down very comfortably. Um, and then, and then we sort of got into the official warm-up bit and we got to Tivandrum and it was just raining, raining, raining. I've never seen an outfield drain that well. So we got, I think it was like a 23-over game in against Australia, which, you know, we weren't that unhappy with. We, we were quite happy the way things went. And then the, the game against India, the warm-up game against India got rained off. So... We came in with a lot of training. We had double sessions while we were out just outside Bangalore. So we had a lot of volume in. We had a few games in. Uh, obviously, it wasn't too long after the Dutch season. So guys were reasonably be reasonable in sort of a match match fitness. Um, so I think I think going into that Pakistan game, guys were in a pretty good shape. Well, we're not going to get deep. Go into detail about every match, but the first two matches you lost against Pakistan, which you just mentioned. Then you came across New Zealand, who scored 322, and you replied with 223. But then you got your plan against uh, your, I say, they're, they're your bogey side, South Africa. And and I hadn't noticed until I looked, did the research, but once again, they decided to put the Netherlands into bat. So was that a surprise? Um, no, because we there was quite a bit of rain around. Um, because we were up north in Darmstadt, the game started at 
hour well well we we were supposed to start an hour later and then almost at the time that we were supposed to start it started raining again so the covers came back on so then the game got reduced and i think it got reduced to a 43 43 i think yeah Yeah, yeah. um so I think, you know, any captain uh, in, I think, in white ball cricket, when there's a bit of rain around, balls first, uh, Dockwood Lewis might come in play uh, that first hour, you know, if there's no more rain around and there's a bit of moisture in the ground, the ball might swing and do a bit more. So all of that makes quite quite sense, I guess. So um it was maybe not in the in the South Africa DNA, maybe of that tournament uh, to 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 bowl first. Uh, but you know, if you if you sum up the conditions, it's, it was probably the right call, and I think we would have done the same thing if we won the toss. But even having lost those first two games, did you think, having beaten South Africa, albeit in the T Twenty, that there was a you had some sort of chance against them? I think I. You know, my my personal opinion is that South Africa had six very very high class batters, uh, or yeah, a top order of six guys. But then their number seven, eight are not, in a way, and and there's no disrespect to their number seven and eight are not your number seven eight that you see in the other other big teams around the world. So uh, you know. We knew we had to take five wickets to open up an end, um, uh, and and I guess you know once and that was quite tough. I guess it showed quite tough in the first few games that Africa played that it was quite hard to get to number seven. But um, having said that, I just felt like you know you just need five good balls in a way, or three or four good balls and a soft dismissal, and and you sort of get into that number seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And you open up an end, so we we got a score on, and I think the par score in at at Darmstadt in the first innings was only like two twenty three or two thirty one in a fifty over game, and we got two forty odd. So I think I think that gave us a lot of confidence. Going okay, we can we can defend this. Like it's there must be something in the wicket that that makes it quite tough to score at this place, um, and, and I guess. We were just absolutely relentless in our execution. I think the way we we planned per better, we executed exactly our plans to every single better that we bowled to. Um, and I, you know, I think class I hit one around the corner straight to fine leg, um, and uh, Rassi van der Dusser tried his reverse sweep and hit picked the one guy out. But I think we just built a lot of pressure before those moments happened. For them to make a mistake, and 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 it kind of shows. Don't no matter how good you are as a player, or you know what level it is, if you if you build pressure, something has to give, and we were not giving an inch at that time. So obviously, I guess the South Africa side broke a little bit quicker at that moment of time in the game, um, and and yeah, it was one of those career highlights, I guess, that you take with you moving forward. Yeah, South Africa, 36 for no wicket, then slumped to 44 for four. And earlier, really, in the, the Netherlands innings, you were 140 for seven. And through Scott Edwards and some hitting at the end, you yeah. say you got two, four, five for eight. You did well to get that target. Yeah, no, I mean, 
It's a little bit what Scott does. I mean, he deserves it. I think he, it's about time for him to get a ODI 100. He, he deserves that. He's averaging 45 without a, a, a single 100 in there. He's, he's scored 15 or 16 50s. But he's just one of those grafters that just gets his head down, rotates the strike really well, picks up the old boundary. And then Rulo van der Merwe had a, had a little cameo towards the end. And Arjen Dutt, who, who, uh, who sort of, Came to his own his whole World Cup, especially with his bowling, shows the talent he has with the bat as well. And he just hit some mighty sixes towards the back end. And that that little momentum that we almost that we created by not getting skittled over, um, just finishing up with the few bombs Dutty hit was that momentum we took, we could feel as well that, you know, they were probably very unhappy that we got to 240. They felt probably we got 70 or, 80, 70 or 80 too many. And and that, no matter who you are, that kind of plays a role, uh, I guess, uh, mentally, where you go like, okay, why, why are we chasing 70 or 80 runs more than we should? Uh, I'm not sure that had a role to play, but I, I've been on the opposite side where, you know, I felt like, okay, I gave my betters 70 or 80 too many, and, and it puts your betters in a tougher situation. But the victory certainly a vindication in what... Uh... Your coach had said before before you left, if you can beat South Africa. Yeah, and I think the frustrating thing is we should have beaten Pakistan as well because we had them 30 up for two and Rizwan came in and, and they had a, uh, I'm not sure if it was a debutant, but um, the lefty who, and they betted really well in 10, especially Rizwan came in and started sweeping straight away and we're like, if he keeps doing this, we're going to get a chance. And we just couldn't get keep that uh, run rate low enough they were scoring quite easily at six and over. Um, and then we we got busted later, took two or three wickets, pretty much in the space of three overs from his end, with Rizwan uh, sort of starting off with it. Um, and and then they scored maybe a few runs, at, and then they had another good partnership. And I think if we were able to do what we get, did against South Africa, we would have beaten Pakistan. Uh, but we could just couldn't, hold that run rate in check. We couldn't give them the four and over. There, there were just too many big overs in between. But that was sort of a, a great learning moment, I guess, for the bowling unit to move forward in the World Cup with. And in match four, you, you played Sri Lanka, lost by five wickets, but you pushed them very hard. They didn't get over the line until eight balls to spare. Yeah, I think they were never in trouble, unfortunately, in that chase. But um, I think we lost that game in the first, 20 overs betting and in the first 20 overs bowling. Um, we were 50 for one with one ball left in the power play. And unfortunately, uh, Max got out. And then I think, and then I think we lost another two or three um, quick wickets. So again, we were in a little bit of trouble in those first 20 overs. And then um, Logan van Beek and Seibrand Engelbrecht had a fantastic 130 run partnership or something. Which gave us two sixty, which was sort of on a wicket that was had a bit of bounce or uneven bounce and a bit of seam in it. Probably was defendable, uh, but then I think especially the seamers just didn't bowl well enough in in those first twenty overs. Um, where they, I think uh, after seventeen overs they were one down or two down, maybe for. Uh, what was it? Maybe ninety or a hundred, even maybe more. And then I I took a wicket first ball after the power play and we had a uh, after the drinks break and then 
we had uh, probably five or six overs where they didn't score too many runs. But by that time, the run rate that they had in the, in that first twenty over block sort of gave them a base to sort of absorb that pressure and and just sort of rotate the game home, just keeping over the scoreboard. So that was frustrating in a way as well because I I felt we we really could have won that game uh, with obviously their number one spinner out and, and and their number one seamer out. So their bowling attack was there to to take down, but we didn't have those wickets in hand to really sort of, I guess, um, to to sort of grab that opportunity to sort of take them down towards the last 15 overs. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next game, game five. That, that, was, a, that was a tough one against Australia. Yeah, again, I think we we had some opportunities. We we missed uh, David Warner, uh, spooned a couple over the fielders, which can happen. And um, I think when he was on around 30 or 40, old, he was pretty much run out. Max Sardat moved really well. Um, Steve Smith and Warner were both at the same end, but then Max just fumbled the ball, unfortunately. So, I mean, if you get David Warner run out on 35... <laughs> You know, and he and turned out scoring a hundred, and then I think the same thing with with Maxwell uh, or my my bowling hit. He tried to go over long off. Uh, I I think you know that there was an opportunity there to potentially catch him um, as well. Um, so again, that was when he was on thirty odd as well. So like you know that that shows where international cricket is, and that's what we spoke about a lot. You know. All the the small opportunities you get um, to take a wicket, you have to take them. And if you don't take them at that level, at that level you get punished. I mean, Afghanistan had the same. They dropped Maxwell early on and he scores a 200 wins the game for them. So, um, yeah, you just have to take those small opportunities if you get them. Uh, we did it against Australia and they make us pay. Um, and then, you know, we scored 400 and we got, I know we got skittled out for 90, but I, I, and, and and it was in a way quite embarrassing that it was 90 runs. You know, if we scored 250, 300, you look back, okay, you know, uh, it, it wasn't our day. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how many we could have been bowled out for 50. I mean, it was going to quite a tough game to win from, from not taking our opportunities, I guess. What was it like bowling to Maxwell in that blitz of 100 in 40 balls? Yeah. Uh, it was a good challenge. I think uh, I, I panicked a little bit and bought the back of that and slower ball that he whacked for six. But other than that, I was actually quite happy. 
with my bowling team. He, I, I, I mean, he hit me for plenty fours and maybe one more six, but I felt like I was reasonably in control of what I was doing. I was like one or two balls I executed really well, and he still hits it for four or six. Uh, that's what they do at that level. Um, and and yeah, you just I I guess when I wasn't bowling, it's almost standing there and admiring it um, than anything else. And 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 you know some batters uh, can go on an absolute roll, and there's not much you can do against it on that day. Well, your bowling figures that day: ten overs for sixty-four. So that that's that's pretty good for a team that gets three hundred three hundred ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it wasn't a bad day. So. Um... Um, yeah, I, I felt I bought I bought reasonably well. Um, I you know there were a couple couple balls that went in the air and, and just went left or over the field or right of the fielder. So yeah, I, I personally was quite happy the way I bought that game. But you know it's it's a team sport in the end, and um, we didn't take up we didn't take our opportunities and and we didn't execute when when we were under a lot of pressure and and it's tough for everyone to perform under under that kind of pressure but you know that that's why you play the game and and and, and the best seem to to perform a little bit better when you put under such big pressure but you responded well sharing the spirit of the side coming back next game to to beat Bangladesh where you were also in trouble you were 63 for 4 and you reached 229 but that's still quite a small target to defend yeah i think at that time our actually the betting stats wise bangladesh was actually the worst team in the competition and we were ninth um so we knew that if we can get to some kind of total that that we that they were under a lot of pressure with the bets um that their confidence was quite down probably with the bet as well um and and the feedback from the betters who came who who betted felt like it was a really tricky wicket um uh, i think we were talking about 240 as as a very defendable target um so i think quite early on especially after we were in trouble we we knew we didn't need 260 270 280 so i think we played according to that a little bit against Scott Edwards you know, stepping up with the bets, um, Logan with a couple of blows towards the end to get us to two two nine, and I think we just knew if we start all right that that we can that we can win that game. And I, I, I mean, the bowlers were fantastic. Logan Logan had a, f- a fantastic opening spell together with Aryan Dutt picking up two or three wickets before I sort of got the ball given to me. So, um, yeah, I think every bowler who bowled that day sort of. Did their job and 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 the the feeling our feeling throughout the whole tournament was, you know, we were probably one of the best fielding teams. I think the 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 stats they had in the tournament, we were third. But like, we were just you know to outfield some of these teams that get paid millions of of dollars to play cricket and and do it on a on like day in day out basis. I think that's something we can be really proud of as well. So, the fielding, the bowling, and and yeah. We just, I guess, blew blew Bangladesh away with the ball. Yeah, I think as a as a spectator watching on the television, the one thing that came through all the time was the the commitment and enthusiasm and ability of 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 the Netherlands in the field. Yeah, I think it just comes down to training. You know, <laughs> like uh, it doesn't come na- for some guys, it comes natural. But like 
every training session we did, even if it was an optional training session, the guys who went to training, there was always 20 minutes of fielding. So it's it's a bit of ground fielding, but and then just catches, throwing balls. Uh, the war in the warm up, we have a run out drill. So it's all about like trying to hit the stumps. Um, yeah, I think you don't know it. That like twenty minutes doesn't sound a lot because if you do three stations, you might be busy for five minutes at each station plus the rotation. But it it adds up if you do it day in day out. You know. So I mean, we've we've been away for. I think we were away for 58 days. Let's say we had 40 training and match days. That's 40, 40 fielding sessions at, let's say, 10 to 20 minutes. That's a lot of hours of fielding. Well, we saw in the final the importance of fielding at the very start of the final with Australia against India. Yeah. I mean, I think throughout the whole final, that first innings, like – they just were saving boundaries and, you know, instead of fours, it were two. So you half the runs that you thought you were going to get for that ball. So, uh, and then I think that pressure gave, you know, Rohit Sharma's played maybe a little bit of a full shot to Maxwell, but then Travis had to take the catch the way he did uh, under that pressure again. You know, that that's what wins you games. So you went to the next game against Afghanistan. You must have had hopes of uh, another victory, although they had been playing really well, having beaten England and Pakistan. Yeah, I, I felt we were like stealing the spotlight of each other. Uh, first Afghanistan against England, then us against South Africa, and then they won another game, and then we won another game. <laughs> so we were like tossing the headlights uh, uh, or the spotlights between us. Uh, but they had a fantastic tournament. Um, we we knew we were going to get challenged against spin. Uh Obviously, England played uh, in Lucknow just before us uh, on the turning track. And, and they've got three, four unbelievable spinners. You know, Nora Ahmed, who didn't play all their games, is a very talented spinner. Um, so he came in. So we had to face with Nabi. We had to play face with, uh, we had to face Noor, uh, Rashid Khan and Majib. Uh, and Majib. So... Um, yeah, we know we were going to get challenged. I think at times we played them really well. But again, we, we just, and that game, you know, we had four runouts. Uh, if you get, there are not many teams who I think whoever win a game, if you get run out four times, no matter if it's in the first innings or last innings. And I have to say, Max out was very unfortunate. I think the two was on a guy to pick up the ball, throw it off balance from, from the outfield and have a direct hit. You know, if he does it a hundred times, he probably won't hit again. So um, that was unfortunate. But the other runouts was just uh, self-inflicted, and and that, that sort of yeah. We uh, after that happened, we were never really in the game, uh, unfortunately. So I think it was one of those games that I personally thought we could target and win. But yeah, we we just we had a we had a quite a good power play, and then. Um, yeah, we sort of imploded on ourselves, and 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 yeah, I think after that first inning, the game was pretty much over and done with. Yeah, my next my next uh, prompt card here says Dutch runouts four in one game against Afghanistan. So you read my mind there. Now that was a nearly the top four or five batsmen that were were a yeah. part of those four runouts, weren't they? So yeah, I have to say we had about six guys on the field who were who were pretty sick. I think in that period of the World Cup. 
there was a buck little, little little bit going through the through the camp our betting coach was in bed for three or four days uh, straight um i think about 70 or 80 percent of the of the of the whole team got got something in that period so um it's not an excuse but you know we 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 fight it i think we still fight it in that game the best we could but um we didn't i, I guess we didn't have the the best prep and you know a run out so definitely not an excuse because you're six so uh but it was it, it showed a bit of character that game that we just tried our best and it just wasn't good enough on that day well you ended with games against england and india uh the england game Ben Stokes and Chris Wokes made a big difference in their innings. Yeah. <laughs> I might sound a bit re- repetitive, but opportunities. Uh, I think Stokes was on 41 when he hit one to uh, fine leg or third man and we dropped him. Um, and he it goes on to make 100. And at that time, I think he was already betting with Wokes. So if you if you get him out, then you got Wokes and David Willey and, and, and you got... Uh, Rashid left and uh, Gus Atkinson. So, yeah, you know, if you take that opportunity, there's a lot of pressure on those four guys to get to a competitive score, I guess. Um, There was an LBW decision where we believed he didn't hit it, uh, even though it was a small shockwave, but we thought that was from something else. Um, But, yeah, you know, that's, that's technology and we can't always get it right, but we felt we were definitely on the on the wrong wrong end of that um and then and then at the end of the day we dropped a catch uh a pretty straightforward catch not not an easy one but also not a very hard one and if you take that catch when he's on 41 <laughs> i mean it's a different game and definitely when you know the power that that Stokes has um the i think that's uh, that moment um definitely lost us the game if we if we took that catch we could have restricted england and we and we i think we were in a very good position to win the game uh but you know you, you never know you, you can't tell we could have been skittered out for 90 if we ball, if we kept them to 260 or 250 but we could have won that game who knows uh you know but again, we talk about fine Martians and, and I'm talking about taking your opportunities when they come. And he gave us an opportunity and we didn't take it. And that, and that's that's the fact at the end of the day. England would, would also have been under pressure because, you know, they needed to qualify for the Champions Trophy. And that was a game they had to win against the Netherlands. Well, if we won that game, we would have qualified and they wouldn't have been able to qualify for it, I think. And... We lost, and we knew we it's, it's going to be pretty tough then to to qualify for the Champions Trophy. But I think uh, before the World Cup started, it was never on our mind Champions Trophy, and I th- I don't think in that game it was on our mind either. We just wanted to beat England, and you know if you beat England, whatever comes as a result of that was just a very handy bonus, and it, it just wasn't our day. We didn't take you know if you get one opportunity, you have to take it, and we just didn't. Last game and, against and that, India, that must have been yeah. a, a real experience playing against India. Yeah, it was. I, I think it was sort of a, a game for us to enjoy. Um, I think we we didn't ball the way we wanted to, but then again, you you miss you miss by 
a couple centimeters and they and they punish you and and the form india was in they were going to punish every half bad ball that you bought and and that's i felt it and i think some of the other bodies except van der Merwe felt it and um i walked off the field after that first innings quite frustrated because i felt i could have bowled better and i could have done better but then again it just shows the level that they operate at and to get 250 i guess um Someone told us after the game that we scored more than three team teams combined against India in our innings by ourselves. So the form and and sort of the mood India was in in the World Cup part of the final, uh, I think we had a very good good evening with the bat uh, up to a certain extent. And um, yeah, you can go for four hundred. I mean, other teams have done it in the World Cup um, against us against each other. It happens on a regular basis now in international cricket where the big teams hit each other for 400. So it's definitely not something to be ashamed for or say we are a bad team. We just didn't execute the way we could. And um, and that's it. On the subject of the crowds, you had some of the Orange Army there. What 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 was the the feeling having people from the Netherlands supporting you? How many were there? Uh, it was a long tournament, so I don't know how many came, but um, there, there were a lot of people people who travelled to India came and team to the team who I never thought they would come over and support the Dutch team. So, in a way, it was very refreshing to see a lot of familiar faces, but kind of new faces to watch a Dutch game. Um, I can only uh, thank them and appreciate their support and, and making the effort coming out all the way to India to support us. Um, it, it doesn't happen a lot in Dutch cricket. So, um, yeah, kind of thank you for that, I guess. Um, and uh, it always, it's always good to see Orange and, and people supporting you. And even if it's 1% of the crowd, it, it, it means a lot to us. Um, and, and hopefully this World Cup has kind of kick-start a sort of a, a, a new relationship with the Dutch fans and the Dutch cricket community that maybe at times wasn't at its strongest. Um, and for them to come down, even when we play teams like Scotland and, and, and Ireland, or and that's no disrespect to them because they are very good teams and, and they should be at World Cups. But, you know, when we play any international cricket, it, it would be great to see a bit more orange around the fields, uh, to see more young cricketers coming down and watch. I think listening from the people back home and, and what I see, the the... The media, uh, the media attention that we received was more than anything else. Um, the last two games were broadcasted on on sort of our version of BBC, which is called the NOS, uh, and it was on on sort of the, the 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 live stream platform, not on TV just yet. But you know, I think I think it was the most watched live sports event on their stream this year. Uh, which was eye-opening. Uh, I think something I never thought that would happen, and I definitely know NOS probably never expected it. So it set us up that they might be interested in broadcasting a bit more cricket, which would be fantastic. Clubs were organizing breakfasts, mornings, and watch-alongs for that, because obviously the games were, even if we started at 2 o'clock with the time difference, it was sort of breakfast time. So they had like watch-alongs at cricket clubs, 
uh, not just one, but five, six, seven, eight clubs. I've saw them promote, come and down and watch the the Dutch team play at the World Cup against India, against England. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting, and I'm sure the the cricket community that we have, even though it's small, and especially the younger kids, I, I'm confident that we had the opportunity to inspire them, and it's something that we definitely want to keep doing moving forward. Well, you should be proud of that. I mean, you're in the a competition where you're in the top 10 teams of the world. So hopefully that uh, will be, be a big boost to Dutch cricket. Uh, yeah. No, hopefully, yeah. I think just, you know, it's, it's I'm not sure if we're going to get more kids playing the game uh, of it, but I really hope we inspire the, the playing community in, in sticking with cricket, especially the young kids to to dream of playing for the Dutch team. And that's a dream I had when at the time growing up where I couldn't watch the Dutch team play because uh, we we didn't have cricket on TV. Uh, the Dutch team wasn't playing at the level that we're playing now, as consistent as we're doing now. Uh, they had the old World Cup that they made, but again, it was quite tough to watch. Um, and, you know, they, they left a legacy for us to be better and and you know the, the, the team is growing and hopefully the future players that we've inspired uh can outperform us well before i talk about briefly about your batting and bowling in the world cup i just wanted to get your overall thoughts on on the competition for the netherlands and, and as a whole yeah um you know <laughs> I've, I've i've spoken to a lot of people how it was um, I think I'm getting to the stage where I'm really proud of what we've achieved. Um, I think last week, and especially out in India, there was a sense of disappointment still that, you know, we didn't reach the level that we were capable of reaching off. That was with the bat and with the ball, I guess, at times. Um, uh, and, and I think we had opportunities in games where we should have won, and then we would have walked away with four or five wins. Who knows a semi-final spot? But um, I think that was sort of, you know, it was two feelings. Yes, we won two games, fantastic. But I think, you know, still as also because I'm still playing and, and you know, I'm ho- hopefully I'm playing for the next four or five years still for the Dutch team. Um, you, you're almost already thinking about what can we do better? Where can we improve? What are the learnings that we can take? Um from what we've seen that other teams did against us. So it was like, okay, we should have done better this. I should have done this better. And we should have maybe won these games. And, you know, I've been, it's been a week and a half, almost two weeks since our last game. And and I'm almost more thinking about all the, the things we did really well and, and sort of how proud I am of things. No, I, I you know, I think, I think that sense of pride is definitely a, a lot more around now. Um, and sort of look at what we've achieved about how we put probably Dutch cricket in a spotlight and and hopefully make it also more attractive for for uh, sort of the the marketing side of things and and monetizing the game in the Netherlands to get more funding to get more sponsors on board to invest more into the high performance program that's men and women and maybe sort of the the under 19s or A team. Uh, to to keep working and keep closing that get to the to the top teams, and hopefully it was a boost to the fifty over game. Yeah, 
who knows? <laughs> We're not into it. I think it, it, at, at times it was there was some great cricket on on show. Um, I think, um, and I read and I kind of agree with it that you know the first couple of weeks were probably not that exciting because didn't really matter if you win or win or lost because you could make up for it because there were so many group games. Um, so you know, there's if you if you play in a group of four or five teams, there's a lot more importance on of those games because one if you lose one, that could be your tournament done. Where now if you lost your first two games, like what happened to Australia, that's so much time to make up for it and come back into the tournament. Um so you know that that's one thing. Obviously the lack of, of teams there was quite disappointing. And I think for some reason in the first couple of weeks there weren't really that many tight games there weren't that many exciting close games and and the more we grew in the tournament the better it got and the, and the more uh attractive it was to f- watch 50 over cricket the more excitement there was in watching a 50 over game where you know the game starts off i think with a flyer and, and teams got off to a great start like india did against australia and then australia pulling it back and then you know, you, then you go into the second innings. Australian trouble with the bat. Had Travis had not really looking settled, playing and missing and whatever it was. And then, you know, the way he then cruised home for Australia, scoring a big hundred. I think it was very exciting, and it, it, the drama lasts a bit longer than in T Twenty cricket, but not as long as maybe in Test cricket. But there was there was it like okay, India's flying. Um, India was flying. They're going at eight, nine, and over. I mean, how are we going to stop the run scoring? Because otherwise, you know, it's, India's going to run away with it in the first innings. And then, boom, 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 few wickets. And then, okay, Kohli and KL Rahul, I think, started building a partnership. And then the game was back in the balance. And then, obviously, Australia took it in their favor by being absolutely relentless in the field and with the ball. And then, okay, you're thinking, hmm. Probably not enough runs here to play with, or it's not gonna. The score is not big enough, and then all of a sudden, boom, Australia three down, and you go like, okay, now that score seems, it almost seems like they're scoring, they're chasing down three fifty. So now all of a sudden, uh, Het and and Labuschagne had to rebuild, and all of a sudden you see Australia coming back into the game, coming back into the game, and then obviously walk away with it but it could have gone the other way it could have been India all of a sudden taking a few big wickets and it goes back into India's favour so sort of those ups and downs during the day is really exciting and that's what makes 50 over cricket so so exciting I think as a player giving sort of an inside scoop you have to do things for longer it's not like you can ball you know in T20 cricket you can ball two or three bad balls and you can walk away with very good figures but here <laughs> You can't do you can't ball two or three bad balls every four overs that you ball because you walk away, you're going for 60, 70 runs. Um, and the same with the bet. You can you can start off with a few quick boundaries and you know your strike rate is up at 200 and it looks amazingly well. But if you then get out, you get your team in trouble. Um, it's about sort of doing the right things for long periods of time, and that's stuff that we spoke about a lot in our team meetings. You know, we we can do all the things that those big guys can do, but we do it for 20 balls and they do it for 60, 70 balls. And that's the difference between scoring a 40 and a 100. 
uh, and forties are not going to win you games, and hundreds do. And it's the same with the ball, you know. You can ball a couple tight overs that go for three, for four, and then you go ball four or five overs that go for a six, seven, and over. Um, so yeah, that's it really. But you still think there's a future for the fifty-over game? I'm sure Holland hope there is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. Uh, the, the big challenge is all the franchise cricket. Let's talk about your bowling, Paul. Yeah. I believe you got a wicket with your first ball in the tournament. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, and then I started thinking about my T20 World Cup debut um, in India in Dharamshala. And um, I actually looked it up and I took a first wicket on my T20 World Cup debut as well. So, um, and then... We, we spoke within the team. It's like, how many guys have actually done that? Taking a wicket on their first ball in T20 World Cups and in 50 over World Cups. And I don't think there's, I don't, as far as I think, there's no one else who's done it. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that was a quite little personal proud moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there was a special moment and something, I think, before I came on to ball, I was in the field and I said, no matter who's facing, I'm going to ball a bouncer first ball. <laughs> so, and it paid out. Well, you've got Iman Ulhaka. you also got Will Young, Daryl Mitchell, uh, Shakib, Josh Butler, Shubman Gill. What was the key to bowling in India? Lots of short spells. Yeah, I think... Um... I'm not sure if it's my fitness or whatever. I'm I'm not very good in bowling the long, long spells. Um, so I think for me to have the biggest impact, we kind of realized that probably three, four over spells is the maximum for me. Um, and I think that sort of the role, my my role within the team was sort of to be that impact player that comes on and, and really try and get a wicket because I come with a bit more extra pace than sort of the rest of our bowling unit. So um in a way, that's that's what I was going to be used for. Short, sharp spells at times that there was maybe a partnership or at times that there was a new batting and we felt like, okay, we want to strike again. Uh, I, I guess that was my role. And I think the wickets were quite good because there was something in it for the bowlers if you hit the right length, but then if you bowl the bat ball, you know, the, the batters could score, um, which was the majority of the wickets that we played on. So um, it was... It's keeping it as simple as you can. Know what the, you know, if there's a better that, you know, back of a length is a slightly better ball, you try and hang on the back of a length as as long as you can. If some guys are good back foot players or short ball players, you try and ball a yard fuller and, and stick there as long as you can. And then hopefully one of those balls is good enough to beat the bat or take the edge or you build enough pressure for them to play a rest shot and, and get out on. Well, let's just move on to your batting. That yeah. that um, was quite entertaining. It's 26 runs in six innings, averaging 4.33, the top score of seven, actually, in the first game when you're bowled by Harris Rolf. But I wanted to mention that you like the reverse sweep, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, um, I don't know. Um, I've I played it a few times. I've played the normal sweep a few times. I've played a few scoop shots. Um, I guess I like to use the pace of the ball instead of trying to plonk it back over the head, which um, the, I know there's a lot of frustration within the coaching camp um, that I, they 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 see the talent I've got with the bat. Uh, I think I know I've got a bit of talent with the bat, but I probably don't spend enough time on it. 
Um, I, I, at times during the tournament, I spend a lot of time on on on, on my bet, on my betting, but. Ideally, when you bet at 11, and, and I think my aspirations definitely moving forward is to bet a bit higher up in the order, but uh, my aspirations as when I'm betting at 11, I tend to hopefully not um, have to walk in and bet, <laughs> which unfortunately this World Cup, I had plenty of opportunities. But um, no, I mean, yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, and I need to take a bit of personal responsibility with it. I, I just need to bet more. At training sessions, I need to I, I need to bet more and 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 train in a bit more detail, and then uh, I think you know there are there are more runs for me to get in international cricket or whatever cricket I play. But um, I I need to start doing the work, I guess. Well, batting number eleven, you always feature on the highlights, and uh, and you were run out trying. The best one I thought was being run out trying to scoop off a no ball against Sri Lanka. Yeah, my bad. Um, I kind of knew what he was bowling. So for me, it was, you know, I played that shot actually a couple of times during the English summer. So I felt like I can play that shot. And I, I by I, when I missed the ball and I was frustrated with it, I kind of totally forgot that I, I agreed with Aryan Dutt that we were going to run even if I would miss the ball. So in this case, Aryan Dutt didn't do anything wrong. I uh, got just frustrated with myself and forgot the running bit of running through a bye and get him on strike so he could take down the bowler. Um, so yeah, that's that's what happened. So and and the noble was uh, because they had too many guys outside the circle. So uh, something I didn't notice. Uh, I think a few guys in our on, in our duckout noticed it, but they couldn't obviously get the message out. Well, we won't mention runouts. Uh, finally, what's the future for Paul van Maker and, and uh, the Netherlands team? I know you've got the World Cup in June. Yeah, so we're obviously with the scrapping of the Super League, we're back in World Cricket League 2. So I think our first round is in February, March, when we go to Nepal for this. Uh, so that will be some ODI cricket. I believe we might play some T20 cricket at the end of it, because we're both going to the T20 World Cup, so that only makes sense. And then, uh, you know, we'll try and qualify for the next T20 World Cup in 2026. We'll try and qualify for the next World Cup in 2027. So that's sort of, I guess, the, the next few targets for the for the next few years. Hopefully, with the player association that I run, the DCA, we can uh, secure a more professional pathway for players with more contracts than the the three or two and a half that we got in place now. So hopefully we can we can cre- create a setup where, you know, young cricketers can dream of being a professional cricketer in the Netherlands where there are, you know, ideally 12 full-time contracts that, that you can pay your rent off and, and, and can focus fully on your crickets. Uh, so that's sort of the future, I guess, of Dutch cricket. Beat many more of the, the full members, you know, keep closing that gap, keep beating the top, eight ranked teams in the world on a more consistent basis in any white ball cricket. And for me, it's, um, you know, at the moment I'm unemployed. I don't have a county contract. I'm talking to a few counties. Um, uh, there's a few things I need to sort out from my end uh, when it gets to that. And then hopefully uh, when uh, 1st of March comes and the preseason starts in the UK, I'm I'm playing county cricket somewhere else. Or if the, if there's a, um, contract for me in Dutch cricket that 
uh, is attractive enough for me, I guess, to move back to the Netherlands for. I'm, I might uh, pick up a, a Dutch contract and move back. But, um, you know, at the moment, the it's all up in the air and, and I'm just focusing on you know, I'm I'm having a bit of break of cricket, so probably by next week, by next week, I'm gonna train again, work on the fitness, and and um, and 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 play some cricket. We're going to South Africa in January with the Dutch team, uh, playing against the SA20 teams as sort of their prep for their tournament. So you know, there's some cricket this winter for me to sort of stay match fit, and then um, yeah, from probably. December onwards or just before that, I'll be back in the gym and use some indoor facilities here in the UK to just keep bowling and keep batting and and, and keep improving. Well, thank you very much, Paul. The very best of luck for you for the winter and hopefully next um, next cricket season in the UK to get another contract. And uh, thank you again for spending the time with me today to talk about uh, the 50-over World Cup and really the joy that the uh, Dutch team gave to anyone watching on the television. Yeah. No, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah. Make sure you wear something orange next time we play, I guess. So uh, for everyone who's listening. So, um, yeah, any Dutch support. I think Gray Nichols now had the Dutch shirt on, on their website because um, we had a lot of questions always. But where can we get our hands on the Dutch, uh, cr- Dutch cricket jersey? Because I... Maybe a bit biased, but I think it's one of the most beautiful cricket jerseys around. So I think Gray Nichols got that on their websites now, even though it got sold out within no time, I guess. But hopefully they continue putting another range on for, for guys to support the Dutch team or and women for people, I should say, to support the Dutch team. Well, thank you again, Paul. Thanks, Stephen. Sports Social Podcast Network.